House votes to make your daughters eligible for the military draft by Matt Welch. Hey, that's me. Published at Reason uh, on September 24th. Read to you here at Paloma Media. Uh, also on that day, we'll see when we can get it up. Um, let's start. On Thursday night, because Washington is no longer serious about rudimentary governance, the House of Representatives took what will likely prove to be the decisive legislative step of expanding mandatory age 18 selective service registration to include the ladies. The House voted 316 to 113 on the must-pass, did you hear those air quotes, Annual National Defense Authorization Act, which at $778 billion this year gave President Joe Biden $24 billion more than even what he asked for. The up or down passage came after consideration of a series of amendments from requiring congressional approval for troop deployment in Syria, which failed, boo, to allowing cannabis-related companies in legal marijuana states to obtain banking services, which passed by voice vote. Amazingly, if not quite surprisingly, the effective doubling of the federal government's claim on the lives of American 18-year-olds was never submitted to a standalone vote on the House floor. Why? Because Democratic leadership refused to allow it. The Senate's version of the defense bill, which is expected to be voted on next month, already includes mandatory draft registration for women. So unless that changes in the amendment process, and I wouldn't hold your breath, potential gal conscription will be sitting on the desk of a willing President Biden this fall. Under no circumstances will I support an NDAA, that's what the acronym for the bill is, or the abbreviation for the bill, that requires my daughter and thousands of other young women to register for the draft. Texas Republican and Freedom Caucus dude Chip Roy said in a statement after Thursday's vote. But Roy was outnumbered uh, in his own party. The NDAA is never perfect, and this is the case where the good far outweighs the bad. Indiana Congressman Jim Banks, who's the chairman of the Influential Republican Study Committee, told the Washington Examiner. I appreciate the uh, congressman for his economy of language in demonstrating how must-pass bills enable lawmaking that's questionable at best. The Selective Service System was first founded in 1917 to feed bodies into Woodrow Wilson's war machine. Man. It was disbanded in 1920, fired back up again in 1940, for kind of understandable reasons, reformatted in 1948, and then terminated with prejudice in 1975 as part of Washington's decisive and very welcome shift to an all-volunteer military. Then, a panicky President Jimmy Carter in 1980, alarmed by the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, irony alert, reinstituted, dra reinstituted draft registration as a just-in-case rite of passage for boys to complete within 30 days of their 18th birthdays, under the theoretical penalty of five years imprisonment, and eventually up to a quarter million dollars in fines. There's only been 14 convictions of my fellow Selective Service refuseniks, and none since 1986. But every year, about 100,000 or so young men are reported to the Justice Department as having disobeyed D.C.'s marching orders. So what happens to them? They don't go to jail, they don't get fined, but they're banned from most government jobs, can't get any student loans, and in around 40 states can't even get a driver's license. So, yes, in many states, 
illegal immigrants can't get driver's licenses, and um, Americans like me can't. Although that's maybe probably for the better. Uh, anywho, uh, the move to double the federal government's imposed burden on 18-year-olds accelerated in 2016, understandably, as women finally became eligible for all combat positions within the U.S. military. Congress almost passed a law back then, but instead kicked the can down the road by forming a commission, uh, which earlier this year came out with the totally predictable conclusion that we need a deeper pool of potential warriors. It presented these findings, however, as an explicit victory for feminism. Indeed, exposing young women to the same penalties as young men has been seen by many, including the American Civil Liberties Union in Supreme Court filings, as a fundamental issue of fairness and equity. Democratic Congresswoman and former Air Force officer Chrissy Houlihan, who could totally kick my ass, uh, from Pennsylvania said this on September 1st after the House Armed Services Committee agreed on the language by a vote of 35 to 24. Quote, by reforming the selective service to be gender neutral based on registration, we draw on the talents of our entire nation in the time of a national emergency. The current male-only registration sends a message to women, not only that they are not vital to the defense of the country, but also that they are not expected to participate in defending it. Well, that's certainly one way of looking at it. But another is that the best way to equalize a government burden across populations is to remove the burden, particularly when it involves something so antithetical to human freedom as having the state laying potential claim to the very lives of its citizens. You can hear me make these arguments at length in a piece you can also listen to over at Paloma Media from July, uh, titled, Women Are on the Verge of Being Forced into Military Conscription Due to a Perverse Notion of Equality. Moving on. It's jarring but instructive to see the language of inclusion melt with the language of militarism. If it's so grave that we have to go to a draft, we need everybody, Republican Congressman Michael Waltz, a Green Beret vet, maybe he can also kick my ass too, said after the September 1st vote, we need man, woman, gay, straight, any religion, black, white, brown, we need everybody, all hands on deck, unquote. Like a Benetton ad, only with guns. The equity framing also makes it easier to portray and dismiss opponents of drafting women as retrograde loons. I inject myself just now. I put this thing on Twitter a second ago and immediately bro comes at me with a, uh, why do you think that uh, women aren't as capable of defending America as men? That's, that's not, read, read, the, read the article. Uh, anyways, uh, quote from The Hill, which is a newspaper covering politics from an allegedly straight point of view. Conservatives have howled <laughs> about drafting our daughters. But other lawmakers in both parties argue there's no reason to exempt women from registering now since combat jobs are open to them in 2016. Another uh, uh, straight news headline from Roll Call. Conservatives are riled up. Here's another one from The Hill. Some staunch conservatives. Can I just go and see the comparative usage and which side that the word staunch gets used when describing ideology. That's pretty fun. Some staunch conservatives have sought to pull the issue into their broader culture wars, says the Hill, which then went on to quote a congresswoman who had it just a, wasn't a culture war quote at all. It was making some of the same points. 
that you might hear from non-culture war Matt. Uh, the more frequent journalistic play, though, has been to present the issue as an obviously logical next step. Considered controversial just five years ago, the Washington Post wrote in its only paragraph Thursday on this change, the idea has gained bipartisan support as combat roles previously closed to women have opened. Voila. Lack of political controversy translates, you can just see it here, into lack of media interest, just as lack of individual laws or even amendments translates into lack of legislative debates about issues of fundamental importance. Long story short, Justin Amash is right. Would an up or down full chamber vote on expanding the selective service to include women lead to the same outcome as cramming it into a must-pass defense spendapalooza? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, public opinion has uh, tilted slightly moderately in favor of doing just that. But without allowing for that discovery process, Washington has yet again furthered both the perception and the reality that decision-making at the Leviathan level is immune to democratic accountability. Girls on Thursday night were placed on a collision course with a system that could impact their education, their licensure, great word, their livelihood, potentially even their lives. Yet I am guessing that you heard less about that than you did about the tears of Congress influencer Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez as she agonized over a vote about Israel's Iron Dome. People, America's political culture is sick. <laughs>